Greetings, Wargamers. We're your hosts, Trevor, Jay, Josh, and this is Shane Attack. Attack. is sponsored by Discount Games Incorporated. Discount Games Incorporated specializes in customer service, low prices, and prompt shipping. You can find our web store at www.discountgamesinc.com. Welcome to Chain Attack. I'm your host, Trevor, and I have finished the Gran Turismo 7 main storyline, finally, a year later. And was it all that you ever hoped it would be? Uh, there were some rough patches during that year, um, admittedly. Um, <laughs> Polyphony, Polyphony, whatever, the company who produces Gran Turismo for Sony, um, they definitely had some patches that had to go out and f- fix the game and take a lot of criticism for some of their design decisions. But um, it is enjoyable now. Um, one of the things that I hate about racing car games is that some of the most difficult cars to drive are the cars you drive to start with. And like cars get so much easier to drive when you get to the better cars. I, I know that sounds you know, sort of like a, a duh moment, but like it's so weird to me that racing car games are like, here, have this really crappy car, and this is how you're going to start. And then after you've done that for a few hours, we're going to give you a better car that drives better and is easier to drive. <laughs> what? Well, anyway. I'm Jay, and I went to watch the D&D movie uh, this past weekend, and one of the, the previews was for the new uh, Fast and Furious uh, movie. And so... Family is Forever, I presume, is the <laughs> subtitle. <laughs> something like that yeah yeah. (laughs) uh and i'm josh and i have watched the first two episodes of clarkson farm now and i can't believe that this man did a car show for so much of his career and also ted lasso season three has its hooks deep into the wheeler couple i won't say the family because i'm not saying none of the kids watch that but not a lot of them what did uh go ahead Trevor. Oh, I, I was backing up. You asked me about Ted Lasso, and then we're going to go back and talk about Clarkson's Farm. Okay, okay, all right. How how many episodes are out so far? And and I get you guys are doing the weekly drip, I assume, and you've you've been liking it. Well, no, the weekly drip is not a thing that I even know if my wife and I are capable of. But it was like she was like, I want to watch a show. Hey, isn't Ted Lasso out? So I'm like, yeah. So we queue it up, and it, I know it has its hooks in her because. We get done with the first episode, and she's like, well, I got to watch the next one, you know? Yeah. And so uh-huh. that's like a Christmas miracle, basically. <laughs> but frankly, I, I'm pretty excited with the start of the season. Oh, good. I'm, we, we need to, uh, I'm assuming you haven't renewed your, your Apple subscription yet, Trevor, but. Not um, yet, no. Because you're going to yeah. wait for it to build up and be done, right, Trevor? Uh, I'm going to let it, at least until it gets closer. I mean, the truth is, is that, that Tetris. Yeah, we need to. That's what I was about to say. We need to watch Tetris. Oh, we <laughs> is, do. Yeah. Why? Why wouldn't we raid that? Uh, no reason. That's fair. That's a fair question. 
Tetris, the Tetris movie has me very close to subscribing to Apple TV plus, um, like now I haven't done it yet. I've held off. Um, I instead spent money on, uh, board game geek con this week, but, um, it is definitely high on my list of wanting to watch. It is. Um, I'm seeing if I can find this. Oh, um, they actually have a lot of, it's, it's kind of interesting. The strategy that, um, that Apple's doing, they, they have a fair number of movies that are like theatrical quality movies that they're going to, they're also going to release them in theaters. Um, but then, Wait, so like is Tetris one of those? I would I wouldn't say so, but for example, like ones that here's three good examples. Um, There is a Martin Scorsese movie, Killers of the Flower Moon, that is an Apple movie. Um, There's a Brad Pitt F1 movie, and there is a um, I'm having a mind blank. The guy who did Gladiator and Alien. Russell Crowe? Ridley Scott. Ridley Scott, yeah. Um, He's making the Napoleon movie. um, Do you know when when these are coming out, the ones you just mentioned? Um, Killers of the Flower Moon is in October of this year. Um, The other two are farther out than that. It, It feels like they need... They need a more steady drip. I mean, yeah, they need pro- they need more content. They're yeah, they're they're doing like premium content, but there isn't quite enough of it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I could see myself being a regular subscriber if there were things that were actually there to watch. But the last time I subscribed, we finished Ted Lasso. Um, I watched um, the Tom Hanks couple of movies, um, mm-hmm. uh, Greyhound and and Finch. I think is the other yeah, one. Uh-huh. And at that point, there was literally one show that I was interested in, and it was the Fraggle Rock reboot. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm not paying for Fraggle Rock. So, you know, I was at that point, I was out. Like, if they want me to subscribe on a monthly basis, they got to have things coming out on a monthly basis. Yeah, I mean, that's seems reasonable. That seems fair. Um, I feel like we should do when uh, uh when you do subscribe the, we should also do a watch and um grade on their tv series severance it's supposed to be pretty good and and i think it also has kind of a, a sci-fi bent on it the the pitch of it basically is that um you you sign up to work for this company but the and and i think you get like paid of quite a bit of money to do so but they use a technology where while you're working for the company, when, when you're, you're not going to remember anything that, that you did at work is, is basically the, the gist. So. And it's supposed to like make you feel better about your life or whatever, right? To not remember all the crummy stuff oh. that happens at work or is that. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. I, 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 th- it, I thought I remembered you talking about it and that, that was sort of the pitch. Yeah, maybe. But yeah, it's, it's one I've been interested in and it's, it's supposed to be really good. Are you are are either of you going to the Mario movie? Yes. Yes, I, I do intend to do that. Frankly, I might make it to that one before the D and D movie. No, Josh. Well, because that one I can take a kid to. <laughs> yeah, but, sure. You know, 
I mean, not that there's probably nothing wrong with taking a kid to the D and D movie. Yeah, I was gonna say, why aren't you taking your kids to the D and D movie like a good father? Because of the archaic, silly uh, PG thirteen rule in the Wheeler household, which oh yes, we're gonna try to strike that down this Easter. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it is funny. There is conversation. There literally is conversation in our house about like. Don't what, you only so, have okay. one child that's under thirteen now? Yes, and that's part of where like. All right, it's time to basically we're basically we're planning to mutiny against our older children and be like, no longer are we obeying this rule that you were beholden to for your entire lives. Get your over. children are gonna come home and go postal. Oh yeah, hundred percent. That's why I'm saying like we're gonna see them over Easter and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna make this negotiation happen. Like, because I think I think the 15 year old has corrupted the 10 year old enough. See, part of the problem is. My wife and I, we, we were all ready to bust, to just get rid of this rule, right? But uh-huh. the 10-year-old is like such a, you know, he's a rule-abiding kid. Like, he, he was, he like didn't, he had no interest in, in having the rule done away with, right? So, <laughs> so but is, again, his uh, sister who is more uh, willing is to the, corrupt. Is this the, um, the child who watched... Um... <laughs> The Korean, I can't even think of it. The Korean, uh, oh, Squid Games, Squid Game, yeah, yes, yes, this is that child, okay, yeah. <laughs> I didn't even think about that fact, but yes, <laughs> rules are very much a suggestion to her, so uh, so she's ready. I mean, because and she, again, she likes she's my kid, she likes Marvel movies, she likes the Star Wars movies, you know, and like our rule has gotten in the way of watching certain movies that it really shouldn't get in the way of like the D and D movie. So yeah. I am, I am kind of curious, Josh, like <laughs> what would you say? How, how big of a spread uh, are the members of your family on the D and D alignment chart? Oh, <laughs> interesting. <laughs> like you're saying there's clearly lawful good, right? Oh, how far does my 15 year old get down the chart? Right. <laughs> I think she's only chaotic new. I would agree with that assessment. Right? I don't think she's. I don't think she slides all the way to evil. Sure. sure. But but yeah. it's a question of am I the lawful evil of the fam? Because you could certainly make that argument, <laughs> especially given my newly found vocation, right? Well, yes. I mean that that is certainly the the best argument for it. But uh... yeah, I mean when you look at the D and D chart of alignments and you put pr- professions in each of them, yeah. 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 <laughs> Wait, is, this also, isn't a class. I did, this isn't. <laughs> I, I I have also uh, always kind of chuckled at the uh, on when it came to like the the lawful following of rules spectrum of things that you've you've been very good on the. Um, no rated R movies. Yeah, <laughs> because that's a pretty explicitly stated rule. But like TV MA stuff, it's there isn't really it doesn't really get the the rule <laughs> verbiage, and so you're like, it's fine. I'm saying it's I'm in the clear. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, and also certain. Let's be honest, certain uh, M rated games. Yeah, M rated games. Yeah, of uh, trying to. <laughs> I remember one of my good high school buddies called me out for a game that I played once. Do you guys ever see a video game called, I think it was called condemned. I got to look at it. Like all I, all I could, all I can remember is he called me out because 
there was it was a first person kind of a I would call it like a first person horror style game, right? Okay. And at, at one point in the game, you could basically beat a homeless person to death with the door of a locker. I'm pretty sure okay. they were like possessed or something, though. I, I'm sure. Okay. It was, I'm sure it was. I got to look that up anyway. And yeah, I played through the whole thing. I have a weird relationship with content sometimes. It's true. <laughs> so my my son, um, the middle son, who's the video game guy, uh, he loves Mario. In fact, most of his usernames are have are some derivative of um, it's me, Mario. Oh, amazing. Okay. Okay. Um, he has a Mario t-shirt. He loves I've Mario. seen him dressed up for yeah, Halloween. He, he dressed up for Halloween as Mario, made his little brother go as Luigi. Yeah. <laughs> That's um, amazing. So, yeah, the minute that he saw the preview, he has been... He's already asked twice this week about when we're going to go. And I'm like, it's not, <laughs> even, it's not even out yet, boy. Just sit down for me. Um, so we, there's no chance that we don't go. In fact, the question is whether or not we go in 3D. That's the only question. Oh, ugh, I hate 3D so much. My so kids they, are sold because we took them to Avatar in 3D. Mm-hmm. A the few way weeks, of the water one? Yeah, okay. a few, few weeks ago. And Well, um, they, they need a lesson in life then. It just gives <laughs> me a headache. Uh, I mean, so it normally does my wife and my daughter as well they took dramamine before we went to way of water and and they didn't have any ill Ill effects Hmm. maybe i maybe i should try that um but there was a the reason that that was basically the big thing is during way of water there was a preview for mario in 3d during that showing so they saw clips from the movie in 3d and they were all blown away oh dang okay by how good the 3d was on the mario um movie so at least in the preview uh-huh. well i'm very curious to hear your guys's opinion because it's like has the internet n- formed uh only two versions of an opinion on this thing is that why you're um <laughs> well it is so I've, I've reached and some of this is brian rubbing off on me but <laughs> i've reached the level of uh, cynicism stage of being a grumpy old man that i'm only interested in going to a movie in the theater if i think the theater is going to enhance the movie going experience yeah yeah and and i guess that's not true i also like i i didn't really think that the theater was going to make D better but i did it so that we could talk about it on the podcast um but there's, there's really nothing about Mario that I think is going to be better in the theater or that I think is, I, I don't really think it's going to, I'm going to like it that much, but some, someday when it's free uh, on one of my streaming services, I'll watch it. <laughs> but the reason why to answer your question, Josh, part of why uh, I am curious um, what you guys think of it is because the, on Rotten Tomatoes, it's like, you know, around a 48 and, but the audience score on it of, you know, the self-selected people who are excited to see it is like 98%. Okay. Okay. (laughs) I'm sure your son's going to love it. Um, I've, I'm, I'm on a discord where tons of people have been to it already. And they've basically said that if a Mario movie sounds like something you'll like, then you'll like it. So, well, I am excited. Uh, and yes, just for the record, 
Condemned Criminal Origins was the name of the video game. It's probably the worst video game I've ever played in my life, and I played it to completion. <laughs> and I mean worst in terms of, like, clearly not in keeping with, you know, <laughs> avoiding R-rated content, I guess. I, I also had to laugh at uh, Trevor corrupting you and talking you into reading Invincible and then, and then whoa, whoa, whoa. Show, right? yeah, that, that one happened the other way around, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, didn't you introduce maybe. me to Invincible? Sure. You know what? I got broad shoulders. Sure. <laughs> but my favorite part I mean, of the, the story. Truth is, the truth is, is that Todd Flatland introduced us both. To That's probably, right. that probably is the truth. My favorite part of the story is that then like your daughter or son-in-law or something watches the TV show and is like, well, this is way too extreme <laughs> for anyone to consume. <laughs> it was my son-in-law, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so this is interesting to me. So Sonic the Hedgehog, which is probably my favorite movie of all time, also has not as low as, as 48, but it does have a a mediocre Rotten Tomatoes score. Uh-huh, yeah. And also has a massively a high. high audience score. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. that bodes well then. Um, I, and I would say that that Sonic, um, and I'm assuming this is going to be the same for uh, the Mario movie, is pretty formulaic. Um, I've heard that the Sonic movie is better, but uh, I mean, of course, it I, is. sure. I mean, Trevor's <laughs> going to agree, given that evidently Sonic is your favorite movie of all time. <laughs> so, but the I mean, what makes Sonic great is is it takes the formula, it executes it perfectly, and it does it with amazingly good humor. So I'm assuming we're going to get something similar from the Mario movie, uh, but we'll find out, I guess. Well, I'm very curious to hear. Maybe you can do a pitch episode or something on it as well. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, I don't know when we're going to watch it. Probably Saturday afternoon, I'm guessing. Depends on if Josh calls me and says we're going to play a board game. <laughs> That won't happen this weekend, unfortunately. All right. But but I have a good feeling about next Wednesday. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, but, man, now I'm thinking that, uh, yeah, cause the reason what will happen is I will actually be out of town. We're going to go spend the Easter weekend with my older children and their significant others. Um, and now I'm like, I probably need to convince them that we should go watch the Mario movie together. Well, there you go. That seems like a wholesome Saturday afternoon activity to me. So are are things uh, moving forward okay with the uh, planned nuptials in a couple of months, Josh? Uh, I guess yes. it's one month, right? Yeah, it is. It is literally one month and one day from yeah, yeah. Uh, the time of this recording. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, actually, um, you know, it's it's obviously fun when people you love have success in their lives and they seem to be having a very good year. So I haven't gone so far yet as to look them in the eye and say, you know, uh, you got to cherish it. Well, you can, the good <laughs> years, I mean, but like, you know, he just got a very favorable job. She just got accepted into the nursing program. Like, you know, and yes, as far as I know, the wedding plan is going well now. With the caveat <laughs> that what I know may be very limited, Jay. <laughs> You've been. I mean, I guess in some ways I'm like, yeah. If I haven't heard about it, it's going great. <laughs> that's that's. I, I can see why you're uh, so good at running your business, Josh. <laughs> <laughs>
that's yeah that's interesting in and of itself <laughs> um so things for um discount games inc next week we have immortal hulk and scientist supreme modok that are releasing for marvel crisis protocol what in the world scientist supreme modok i think that's his title i can't remember is this the modok who became an avenger i don't think so but i don't know i just love that part of the scene of the movie that's all (laughs) (laughs) i did it i became an avenger um all right so when we went to when i went to chicago i um brought a game with me called aeon's end that is a cooperative deck building game and taught it to my friends there and it is also um for sale on steam it is a um the base game i think is normally priced at somewhere between 12 to 15 dollars i believe and it is regularly on sale for two or three dollars um and so we're going to talk a little bit about the game i we've done i've done online versions of the game with both of my co-hosts um how, how much is the uh tabletop original so the legacy is like 80 bucks i know because i almost bought it the other day yeah, um, both of them, I think I've said this in, on a previous episode, but just to reiterate, um, it's currently out of stock with my distributor, so I couldn't get it, um, so I had to buy it from Amazon. Um, on Amazon, the suggested retail of the the second edition core game is $60, and it's on Amazon for 55 and the legacy version, it is, um, it's suggested retail is 100, and it's on Amazon for 78, and it's it's also one that I couldn't get from my distributor, but is on Amazon. Um, is is that because they only give it to particular distributors, or is just out of stock and only available on Amazon? Um, I believe that it is likely between print runs, and so they s- sold. Mm all of their you know the the manufacturer and distributor have sold all of their inventory and it's now at various retailers and some of those retailers are on amazon yeah is my best guess um but if it's if it's something you're interested in um i i bought it off in amazon i've i certainly got 55 dollars worth of enjoyment out of it and i certainly got two or three dollars of enjoyment out of the <laughs> online version <laughs> good on you yeah so um i'm I'm curious to get your guys's opinion on the game or or your guys's input um what what have you guys thought of what you've played of it so far or maybe one of you could uh, josh why don't you start with um explaining your what how you would explain the mechanics and and what the game is like yeah i mean so it's a in short, it's really just, it's a co-op deck builder, right? Um, the deck building, you know, there's a, there's a market. It, the market's always nine cards, right, Jay? I mean, yes. various combinations of nine cards, right? And, yeah, you'll and have, the cards are... You'll have three either, gems, which that's are right. for economy. The resources, essentially. Yeah. Um, two relics that give various 
beneficial effects and then four spells which are usually damage dealing or utility type things and um you are you're playing a cooperative game where you're playing against a boss monster and the boss monster will also have minion monsters and so you need to have the damage spells to damage the minion monsters and to damage the the boss monster yeah and and, uh yeah i mean that that's really all there is to it like i mean it's a pretty simple um structure it does the rules are pretty straightforward yeah yeah it does a couple things different that i thought were interesting like the fact that you order your cards after you've played them and you know and they go in the discard pile that's kind of an interesting additional decision point that you maybe haven't seen and and to be clear in most deck building games once you run through your deck you then shuffle the deck and draw again and in this one as josh said you put the cards in when you when you are done playing your cards you order them how you want them in your discard pile and then you don't shuffle them when you turn them over and it it just becomes your your new deck yeah so i thought that was interesting and then um the setting i have to make a confession the setting like it never interested me and that's why i really never gave this game a second glance Uh um and, and not for any it's not like there's nothing bad about the setting i mean it's like you're in this you're essentially the defenders of the city um in sort of a i'd call it a, a fantasy post-apocalypse right and and so the yeah the thing that's kind of interesting about it is that I mean, one of the people read a little bit of the fluff i think one of our players and said that it's kind of it is kind of a a sci-fi um post-apoc but it's there's you're fighting it almost feels like it's more um high-tech fantasy um because it does, it does talk about like casting spells and stuff like that but it's supposedly technology that's um it's giving you that ability or whatever yeah i and i will say like they have there's a lot of there's a lot of content to this game yeah there's, yeah, there's like a there's bit. expansions like for days yeah so anyway so i my, my initial reaction is i'm really glad jay suggested this and invited us to play it because i had just ignored it for a lot of years and now i kind of wish i hadn't there there's one other mechanic that you guys didn't mention that i think is sort of important and that's that um there are slots that you can play spells into and then those Mm -hmm. spells don't go off immediately oh that's right yeah yeah so your your deck order does get shuffled because Mm -hmm. some of the cards go into the discard pile but some of them stay in play for a round yeah Um, which means that um, things don't always come, they, they don't stay static. Yeah, in general, you will prep a spell and you can't cast it immediately. You have to wait until the start of your next turn at your spell casting phase, and then you can cast the spell then. And then it would, as Trevor says, go into your discard in, in kind of a, a different phase or a different order than, um, than you would maybe expect. Um, so I'm kind of interested. I feel like we are kind of on a spectrum when it comes to cooperative games. I would say that I probably enjoy them the most of the three of us. And Josh, I would guess or say that you are kind of, um, take it or leave it with cooperative games. You don't love them, but you'd also don't hate them. Would you say that's accurate? I think that's fair. I um 
I certainly don't seek them out as much as I used to. And certainly your your favorite games, I would not say, are cooperative. I mean, that's true. I I would much rather, you know, be giving my neighbor Social chaos. an excuse to, <laughs> to try to burn my house down because of maybe some misunderstandings about alliances and those type of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair. Um, and Trevor, I... I would characterize you. I'm, I'm curious if you feel like this is a fair characterization, but in general, uh, you feel that cooperative games tend to have uh, an issue, a lot of them, with there being a, a table captain that can domineer things. And it's that's in such a nicer phrase than what we've called it for all these years. Table captain. <laughs> <laughs> what what else do we call it josh <laughs> uh we've called it alpha gamer alpha gamer as long yeah. as i've been alive yeah. yeah yeah i i admit that if the if the co-op game does not attempt to address that i have it'll be a hard pill for me to swallow and that's not to say that i don't play some games um Dark Tower is a good example. Return to Dark Tower is a good example of a game that does not really address that. Um, and I still enjoy it, but it is something that I am very wary of. And and I will not reach for a co-op game very often. Okay, so with that as, I guess, the groundwork, unsurprisingly, the guy who likes the cooperative game the most and that was willing to like say to his friends, hey, we should try this out, uh, he, he did like... <laughs> the game a fair bit, <laughs> but I'm I'm curious what were were your guys's uh, reaction to it. Um, so I'll go first. The base game is interesting. I do I do find the mechanics compelling. However, I probably would have found them way more compelling had it been a competitive game. Um, I will say that the legacy version of the game has far more interest for me than than the normal version, and mm-hmm. I could. Definitely, the the legacy part of it um, provides. I'm assuming I haven't played it. I don't know, and I don't know anything about it. But in my experience, legacy games that are cooperative provide decision points outside of the main game about where you take your character um, that do not invite the alpha gamer table captain problem. Um, uh, you know, a, a good example is is Clank Legacy or uh, Gloomhaven. There's decision points that happen by character development choices that happen outside the game that um, become very individualized. So that's generally enough to get me kind of over that hump. Yeah. I mean, the, the base game on itself, I mean, I would probably feel pretty comfortable in saying that it doesn't really do a lot to address the issue of a alpha gamer or a table, table captain. I like table captain just fine. Okay. <laughs> and would would you would you guys agree with that? I would agree with that. I mean that that was going to be my one thing that I was like I really enjoyed playing it. I'm a strong enough opinion of gamer that occasionally I could make decisions that would go against my table captain and feel okay about it, but it feels like it could very easily fall into that same trap. I I will admit that if I'm those types of um, co-op games if i'm at a table filled with alpha gamers where where no one is afraid to speak up because i i am the alpha gamer i understand what it means to take over and and dictate um choices um 
my frustration is when I'm at a table where one of the players just when I give recommendations or whatever, they just look at me and go, yeah, whatever. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, when I'm playing the game solo, um, that. Yeah. Why are you not just playing it solo? Yeah. So um, if, if if everybody at the table has strong opinions and is more than willing to stand up for them, then the, the problem sort of diminishes to some degree. Sure. Uh, one other thing that I didn't. Um, some other things that I didn't mention about the game. Uh, when you start the game, you pick a character that you're playing with, and they they each have a special power that gives some unique flavor to um, the the character. Also, when you are setting up the game, you select what boss monster you are going to be playing against, and it will. Um, the games play very differently based on what boss monster you select. Um, we played, I played the the intro one with um, both Josh and Trevor, um, but the game does does feel quite a bit different with um, how what boss you pick. Um, another thing that we didn't talk about yet either that I I think was also kind of a a cool mechanic with the game is that there is randomized turn orders that that happen um and so with the physical copy of the game um it plays two to four players and in a four-player game there will be a card in a deck for player one two three and four and then two cards for the nemesis that you're fighting against and those will get shuffled and then you'll turn them over one at a time to reveal whose turn it is and then when it's done you'll shuffle them back again and, and start the process over um in a two-player game, you have two cards for each player and two cards for the nemesis. And in a three-player game, you have the two nemesis, the three player cards, and one wild card. And when the wild card comes up, the players um, will pick amongst themselves who they want to have go uh, go first or take that turn. Um, and so that's another thing that I thought was um, a, a pretty nice addition to the game. And it does, I feel like it does a, at least a little bit in uh, curbing a table captain. Not that they can't still take over. Right. But a lot of times when people are kind of dominating a, uh, a cooperative game, they're going to have like this master plan that's spanning several turns that, you know, we need to do this and then we need to do that and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And um, it's a little bit more difficult to do that when uh with the randomized turn order you don't have as clear of an idea how things are going to necessarily resolve um but again when someone's turn comes up someone could still be like oh i think you should do this on your turn or you know whatnot so um i will also say that i've played it does seem like and this this i thought was kind of interesting the the four-player game is the most difficult version of the game and the two player game is the easiest. Um, and so that's something you might be aware of if, if you decide to play it and you play it with four players, you could be ready up, for a raffle stomping. Yeah. Be, be ready for, uh, to bring your a game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the various, um, bosses or nemesis nemesis also have, um, effectively challenge ratings that are assigned to them that, that let you know, their difficulty um, ahead of time so that you can uh, have an idea of how difficult of a fight you're, you're up for. 
Um, I am curious. Jay, not, so we, Jay, not that ahead. I've been shopping for this game the entire time we've been discussing it, but I noticed there are actually two legacy versions of the game. Uh-huh. Good gravy. Like, again, I'm just impressed that this product has had as much life as it clearly has had. Yeah, there's a legacy, Aeon's End Legacy, and one called uh, Aeon's End Legacy of Gravehold. Gravehold? Uh-huh. Man, it's blowing my mind. That's all. Sorry, go on with your question, sir. Yeah, I'm curious if... Yeah, I'm not sure on the differences between the two of them, but there was... One has a more branching story, branching path, more immersive narrative with branching paths, according to the, uh, you know, ad copy here. Well, there you go. Well, according to this uh, Amazon review, which there were way more reviews for the the first one, but on the second one, the only person who actually typed out the review was that uh, it was not as good as the first one. Mm, interesting. But, um, do we... Do we want to do any type of lightning round on grading it, or do oh, we want yeah. to sum up some thoughts? Jeez, do we got time for lightning round? I didn't realize how long we'd already. And if we, if we, if it's actually a lightning round, sure. Okay, I'm ready. Let's try a lightning round. Here we go. Design. Uh, I give it a seven for some unique uh, deck building elements, and I, I don't know. I should pull it down because lightning. I still... Okay, sorry. Seven. Boom. <laughs> I'll go with eight. <laughs> okay, Trevor. Uh, within the del- deck realm, I'm going to say eight, but in a greater okay. board board game, I'm going to say seven. Yeah, yeah, like, that's what I was saying. Greater board game, that was me for sure. Yeah. Uh, time management. What, action. Real, go. real quick. What is so you you did those two subgenres? What would you rate it in the cooperative game subgenre? Oh. Uh. Hmm. Uh, I I don't know. Lightning times up. I have no idea. <laughs> What's your, what's your part of the problem part of the problem with with co-op games is that they're so varied like yeah they're not a, they're not a style of game per se as much as the, the, we like to make them sound yeah that's true i mean honestly i my gut wants to say just a five just average like there are co-op yeah. games i have loved much more you know what i mean yeah but, but that's because i've played things like pandemic legacy right like that's a co-op sure. game and okay Next, right. next category. Uh, time management. I give it a seven because I actually thought the playtime was really nicely paced. Like, if Jay had said, "Hey, do you want to go another game?" Another game, I probably would have given into that temptation. So, I think that speaks well to its time management. How long are games normally, Jake? I mean, I saw one game. It's hard for me to judge. This um, way. once once people know it, I would probably say like probably forty five minutes ish. I would give it quite high marks then. I think that's probably a good time frame for what it's delivered. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and it also it right. feels like you're getting a pretty you you feel like you've had a pretty meaty slash satisfying experience for that. Yeah, like there are some puzzles you got to solve and stuff. Yeah, right? like, yeah, I agree. Um, I'll go with eight again. Uh, all right, on to repeatability. I give that a higher score here, eight, because I did get finished with it, and just like Jay was saying, it's like because of some of those like satisfying solution moments. I'm like, oh, I'd like to go again, you know, so I could see it having a lot of legs. And especially the fact that, like you said, Jay, every nemesis makes it play a little different. Right. You've got a whole scad of different wizards or whatever they are, techno, mm-hmm. techno. Different, different ways you can set up the market. Homies, yeah. So, uh, yeah, and there's so also quite a bit of content. Yeah, there's a lot of expansions as well. So if, if for some reason you are bored with what you originally, you know, bought into there's you can change it up wait there's more (laughs) so i'm an eight on repeatability 
Jay? Sure. That sounds great. <laughs> Trevor. <laughs> um, I'm not as high. I think it's probably only a seven, but it's it's a it's a game that I could see. That's pretty um, good for Trevor. <laughs> play, playing more than one, which is pretty high for, on the board game scale. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. Uh, fun. I feel like it's unfair for me to grade this after one, but I will say that my one playthrough was was an easy seven. So I'll, I'll go with a seven for now. But I could see after repeated plays that might move up. Um, I'll go with an eight. I've had a I had a fun time playing it. The co-op fanboy continues to fanboy. Yeah, another. I mean, I also I I, I like games that um, can be challenging. And the first time we played it correctly with the right rules in a four-player game, we kind of got our butts handed to us. <laughs> and so I was like, this cannot stand. And so we, uh, you know, had to uh, get good. But that's yeah. Fun. Yeah, I'm going to, it's a co-op game that suffers from some problems that I've already mentioned. So I, to me, it's a fairly average game, um, which is actually pretty high praise. The The average game is actually below average for me. Um, but I will give it a little bit of a bump um, for the difficulty, because one of the things that I think some co-op games suffer from is being too easy. Mm-hmm. Especially when they I'm don't take I'm looking at you, Forbidden Island. Yeah, especially when they they don't seem to take in, into consideration that you're going to have four minds approaching it, you know, mm-hmm. or five five minds approaching the table, and and you got to be you've got to ramp up the difficulty when there's that many people analyzing the problem, um, and so I think that this game does do that. So I'm gonna you know I'll give it bump it up to a six because of that. Uh, overall, so overall I think uh, this was a solid seven for me. Again, I was I was glad that Jay suggested it um i'll go with an eight unsurprisingly <laughs> <laughs> i will go with a six unsurprisingly um but but truthfully uh i would really like to play the legacy version of it just to see because i think that's where my bread and butter would be sure yeah well i know a guy who has it shipping to him <laughs> <laughs> this is the first version i presume i believe so yeah all right well you know maybe this wednesday night thing works out <laughs> I'm sure he'll hold his breath. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Mike, have have we uh um have you figured out what slate of games you're wanting to do on your weekend of of gaming? Well, not exactly. I mean, <laughs> part of it is I really do just want to open and play the ones that I've had on the shelf, you know, that I just haven't gotten to yet. Mm, yeah. But yeah. I I'm sorely tempted by the um, King's Dilemma, Queen's Dilemma conversation that we've been having. You uh, know? That sounds amazing. Yes. Right? Like, <laughs> so, and the thing is, it's like the more I think about it, this thing has to be divisible by four, I think. Like, invite only, and it's either only four people or it's eight. I, I don't even think I want to go to 12, right? But it sounds like a lot. <laughs> yeah, it does, right? But I mean, the thing is, is I assume that those eight, you would have. The problem I always have with eight people is that usually there's only two of them that are willing to split off onto a second table, right? Ugh, right. drives me nuts. Like, so I can't clone myself, but, you know, for, for this, it would be like, yes. I know. That I think if you had the right eight, it, would, it wouldn't be a problem. Right, yeah. that's what I mean. So I'm not as worried about that. Uh, the bigger problem is getting somebody, getting people to, to actually pick. Like, you've got two games, and you know, forcing them because most of the board gamers, when you, when you've picked eight, 
reasonably hard diehard board gamers and you say okay you guys need to pick between these two board games that it is you know it's the meme where they're rubbing their head and there's the two red buttons where they have they want to choose both. <laughs> yeah yeah they're sweating in the whole nine yards yeah yeah okay I mean, part of my one. issue is that i don't think i uh could probably get up to that high of a number anymore <laughs> <laughs> you mean I, oh of eight that you would want to invite yeah yeah yeah, well, I can think of. It. Yeah, he can get to eight pretty quick, I think. Yeah, well. The the truth is, for me, the problem is the the problem the problem with four is the cull. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but yeah, that I I mean I do feel like the way I might set that up, Trevor, is I would be like, these are the two games we're playing for the next six hours or whatever. You four are assigned to that one, and you four are assigned to that one. And <laughs> yeah, the problem yeah, I mean, is that draw straws. That is fine if it's like a non-legacy game, but right, right. Well, that, that I mean, okay, that that's a good point, Jay. Like, if I do when we do the King's Dilemma weekend, it will just be right. you know the four. Sure. Well, um, any any further thoughts on anything? <laughs> no, I've probably gotten myself in enough trouble already today. That's probably true. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, stay tuned to next week and let us know what you guys think of cooperative games, deck building games, Aeon's End, uh, and everything.